0: Hi there, and welcome back to Better Call Shaw, where your hosts Shaul and Levy take on topics within spirituality, mental health, and the low life, and culture of Judaism. This episode, Johnny Simmons joins us back, this time to talk about his personal experience with attempting suicide, the dark place a person in that mindset finds themselves in, and what a person in that situation can do to help themselves, and what others can do to help bring them back on the path to a better way of living. All right, welcome back, Johnny. Thanks for coming back. It's uh, this time, thanks, this time to talk about another topic, to talk about suicide this time. It's interesting because when Shell and I were pre- preparing this, so uh, Shell asked me to get some stats because I said, I said one of the questions we should ask was why is suicide more common now than it used to be? And Shell was like, well, is that true? He doesn't think so. He's like, no, I don't think it's changed. So I checked out some stats and I looked at it and um, apparently in the US it had changed. So Shell, you wanted to start with a couple of yeah, stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well yeah, the U the US um um suicide rates increased thirty in, percent in the in the kind of the two thousands, you know, between two thousand and two thousand eighteen. And um that the forty five thousand deaths in twenty twenty, unfortunately, tragically, that equates to about one death every eleven minutes in America. But however, that's only people that succeed in, in committing suicide. In it's it's estimated that twelve million um, Americans seriously thought about suicide, three million planned a suicide and and one point two million actually attempted suicide, which in and of itself is really interesting because one point two million down to forty five thousand um that is um less than five percent you know that maybe four percent of people who attempt suicide actually succeed yeah which you know there's something interesting in of itself that um you know that the vast, vast, vast majority, 96% of people who attempt suicide, thank God, um, um, don't succeed in, in what they're trying to do. I did just want to give a little little thought on, on suicide itself. And, you know, suicide throughout the ages, and I think this comes to some extent from Judaism and, and Christianity, has, has been looked at almost as, as evil, you know, akin to murder. Um, there was a time when, when people who committed suicide, uh, weren't buried in a Jewish graveyard and people kind of have that in their heads. You'll hear people say that it's not, it's not the case nowadays. Absolutely not. But, but there is this sense of, 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 you know, of a person there th- being something terrible about it, as opposed to compassion towards a person's suffering. And, and I think the world has moved much more in that direction but I still think there's a little bit in the background of that that feeling, of um, of you know the the murder aspect of it. Uh, it's it's a, apropos at the moment this topic because, especially in the Jewish community here, unfortunately, tragically, there was a suicide just last week of a woman in her forties. I think um, had had three teenage children, and and the community is devastated by it. I mean, the community has just been so shocked um, by what's happened. In a way, I suppose that's something positive because it shows you that it's not the norm and it doesn't happen that often, which is wonderful, thank God. But at the same time, you see that people struggle to understand what it is and and what it's about and why and and what's behind it and and what suffering was somebody going through that wasn't even visible necessarily to everybody. And so I think it's very, um, you know, a very appropriate topic to talk about because I think people really, because of people who struggle with suicide in terms of the desire for it or the or the struggle with it within themselves, but also in terms of people trying to, trying to see and understand and support and be compassionate towards people who are going through that. So, I think it's a great topic for us to, to kind of be talking about. Did you want to add anything to that, Levy, Or you want to, are we ready to dive uh, right in? No,
0: I think we're ready to dive in. I'm sorry, Johnny. I didn't. I didn't give you a chance to. Uh... To, i introduced you but then i saw you wanted to say hi yeah yeah, yeah 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 and i think johnny to wanted back. to bring
1: up something just to yeah. follow on from last time
0: yeah because last time we spoke about mental health in general yeah yeah and uh, that was really it was a really interesting conversation but you had something you wanted to add in
2: yeah um yeah and i and i'd like briefly before you ask a question about suicide to say two points about it okay questions uh, but in reference to last time we we touched a little bit on psychosis and i used the phrase cradling people through psychosis had a a couple of questions from a couple of people who listened to this, um, and i just like to say, because today's not about that topic...
1: Um, Although that, we we're hoping to do a whole topic on it at yeah, some point along the way. hopefully, there'll right. be a yeah, part three, yeah, yeah. etc.
2: But if you've just listened to the first podcast and uh, you're, you're interested in that phrase, please get in touch with me, which you can do via the Takun um, email address and Shaul or Levy, um, so please do. On the subject of suicide, uh, before I face many questions before, <laughs> um there's two other things that, that are relevant when we talk about suicide to highlight, I feel, at the beginning. And the first one is, shall we mention people who, who might attempt and not be in the figures? Um, I also want to mention for people, the people for whom it's a very regularly occurring thought. Perhaps it, it for some, is almost like a, a backstop option that, that that they don't really consider they necessarily think about suicide but they are if, if really explored would admit to to having that thought at the back of my mind well if this really doesn't pan out or if this doesn't work i'll um, I probably could see myself doing it um th- there's a couple of things with that and and the first one is um, recognizing how the struggle that that individual will experience because of their what might be termed that their lack of peace in themselves, if that makes sense, that, that causes the feel of a need for a, a backup option to be there it will lurk in the background forever. If until the person perhaps works through it. But the other one is is people for whom um, there is a regular occurrence of a uh, feeling. And if I uh, use myself as an example for a long time before I ever a- acted on it, it was a long Experience of feeling, um I'm different. I'm I'm not good enough for this world. I'm, I'm I might be in a social situation, looking around, thinking there's clearly something wrong with me, and 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 I've got to therefore commit suicide. And and that was not when I was in a as I might say a live crisis where it was imminent that I was going to act on it. Um, but it was a very powerful thought that lurked at the back of my mind, and that for anyone for whom that something similar might be the case, that's incredibly painful, incredibly lonely, and incredibly isolating. And as such, it, it can be a tremendous blockage in, in for that person that they might not even really realize that's stopping them from really committing back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to reference that because those people are not in any statistics, any figures. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, they are struggling Mm. With suicidal thoughts, yeah. more than suicidal ideation,
1: yeah mm. in, in other words, basically suicide is a lot more than just the statistics absolutely it causes suffering in in to, to more than just the people actually succeed in doing it,
0: yeah it's kind of the rumination of the mind like it's an yeah. ex, it's a it's an internal escape, yeah, although one might not act upon it, so it's not in the statistics as you said, but it's it's like it's like psychological suicide escaping from interacting and embracing the world to that little kind of that little place in the mind. Absolutely. right.
1: No, I understand that Johnny. I, you know, I had a, I had a a period of time in my early teens where I, I I I don't know what I would call it, but I was certainly had suicidal thoughts. You know, I was really struggling with life and um, I just, you know, there's a part of me that just wanted to give up. It's just too hard. You know, it's just too much. I just uh, wanted to walk away, check out type thing. And so I do, I do get a sense of the the pain and the suffering. It was horrific, horrific uh, to kind of feel so overwhelmed and in so much pain that, that you want to kind of leave the world, you know. But, but I do understand kind of the pain that people go through.
2: Shawal, I've got to pause you for a minute and thank you mm. for admitting that just now. Mm-hmm. But rather than just move on, mm. to reference the fact that most people who know you mm. see you as a, as a successful and, and decent A good person. Mm. I can't think of, I could use many adjectives. You didn't speak up about it, I'm assuming. No. And particularly, without giving your age away, Mm. a few decades ago. I was going to say,
1: this was in the (laughs) 80s, you know, (laughs) so it wasn't a time when you really could speak up about it.
2: And the significant reason I'm just touching on it is, thank God, in many ways, we are living in a time now where you can talk about it. Yeah, But there's a problem with that as well. Mm. And that is that there are many teenagers feeling exactly what you felt then, mm. who, um, who are no different to you. In truth, mm. we're all the same. Mm. Who are perhaps more inclined to mention it. Perhaps because in the desire to, let's speak about mental health, some people are seeing thoughts very early on as problems. Mm. <laughs> when mm. actually you're touching on it just now, normalizes it. Yeah. And to anyone who might listen to it, particularly a parent, to really try and normalize it, rather than look to say, okay, they're really in a bad place. Yeah. Because those aren't one and the same.
1: Well, I wanted to say, but but I'll say it now. I I, I held myself back from saying this because I just don't know, you know. So I thought I'm just making up stories here. But I would imagine, I would guess that, you know, certainly for teenagers, you know, there's a lot of thoughts about that. A lot of people have thoughts about that. A lot of people comes up to them, you know, when you struggle in life, I mean, it is, you see it in the world and, and it is, uh, you know, why wouldn't it occur to somebody yeah. as a, as an escape from it? It does, It is the ultimate escape from the suffering of life seemingly, mm. you know? And particularly
2: when I think it was about two years ago, the, 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 I won't name celebrity, but, but there was a prominent celebrity in the team world, if you like, who, mm. who did commit suicide. I actually mm. had two clients, um, for whom that was, a specific i don't like the word trigger but a trigger for them to voice it yeah and if i look at how their life unfolded from then to when they ended up being be, becoming my way um it had become it was so alarming to mm. those around them mm. that it, it as much as it's a serious subject it ballooned into something way more than yeah it needed yeah. to be for 100%. them and it almost created a a what could, if not helped, could become a lasting trauma. Yes, yes, Because they were defined by the fact that they had these thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And dare Um, I say, they were almost a problem or bad in their mind because they
1: could dare to have such thoughts. And this is, as you say, a much broader problem in in the mental health field in general. And the topic that we kind of... Another topic we'd like to talk about, (laughs) which kind of comes on to sort of diagnoses and sort of putting people in boxes and, and defining them as opposed to just saying, well, they're having this type of thinking at the moment. And that's, you know might pass might not pass but there isn't you make more out of it when you make a thing of it yeah yeah 100 percent, johnny the
2: last thing on that and that is by by exploring the nature of thought and simply all it is yeah actually it it can enable people to live with those thoughts so Mm. much more gracefully Mm. that they naturally dissipate
0: yeah Yeah. and it's so difficult for people who are in that position having those thoughts to talk about it and Mm. express it i mean yeah I guess it's one thing with other things that people struggle with that people have a have a, have a um, difficulty expressing to others. But especially when it comes to suicide, which is something that's a lot more intense. It's something that's, you know, taking one's life is, is something extremely intense for, for someone to do to end their own life. And to talk about it to others is something that they wouldn't necessarily express. Yeah.
1: But yeah. I think what Johnny's saying is a step beyond that is that, unfortunately, even when people do talk about it, the response they get is not necessarily so helpful. Mm, right. You know, because... Because the, and and this is kind of what we do wanna get onto this a little bit in the in the in the discussion, but the difference between somebody who is having thoughts about it, which isn't necessarily an abnormal or or um concerning thing. I, I don't wanna you know be too be too uh, glib about it and blasé about it, um versus somebody who genuinely is at risk. And I think what Johnny's saying is you can turn somebody who's having just thoughts about it, you know, normal teenage thoughts about it to somebody who is genuinely at risk. If you're not careful in the way that you respond to it straight away, I
2: wasn't saying that. Okay. And in fact, let me make a a distinct point. There's a, I'll ask you guys actually a question to get your opinion. Do you think, um, asking someone if they're feeling suicidal, um, is a, a problematic question to ask directly.
0: It can go both ways. I feel like I feel like that's what kind of both of you are saying. You can a person can take it more their thoughts more seriously if they're having some thoughts about suicide. If you ask them if they're suicidal, and they'll they might play, kind of feed into that, and it might bring them down a darker hole. So On the it, other hand, it helps them to express it if they are feeling it, and they might not express it otherwise. So um, I'm not I'm not trying to trick you here, but I okay. ask the
2: question because it's a very commonly misheld myth, particularly amongst parents who are yeah. scared to go there. Oh yeah, But For absolutely. the concern that it will take them down a possible darker a darker place. Mm, yeah, right. Categorically, and we know this factually, you are not going to cause someone to commit suicide mm-hmm. by bringing up the subject and cause them to focus on it. What you're going to do yeah. is give them a space to let out and explore thoughts that have been haunting and have been yeah. overwhelming. And in doing so, suddenly you take them down a path that it becomes less scary. That's if someone is, is really close to it. Yeah. What you were saying about the risk of, of encouraging someone to speak up
1: who actually might not even be close to it. Well, no, but what I don't mean that Johnny, I don't mean the risk of speaking up. I don't think there's ever a risk of somebody speaking about mm. it. I think there's a risk of the the person, the helper um, making more of it. Yeah. That's than, it, than it is yeah it's not that's what i was pointing towards it's
2: not the risk that it's going to become more of it What's yeah that yeah. individual just
1: just naturally it won't become. no i agree with you to somebody speaking about things i don't think it'd ever be harmful Definitely. i think it's always helpful to get it off your mind and to to just put it out there and it it softens it and it, it just it seems less you know and it's spinning around in your head it just it, it seems like a bigger thing than when it's out there and you've spoken about it but I'm i'm talking about how careful you have to be as a as a helper, not to um, to to be able to distinguish between you know what and something that you can just sort of have a casual conversation about and it helps somebody just to get it out, versus sitting there and saying oh that's terrible that you're thinking those thoughts and and that's dangerous and and I hope you're not going to do it and you know getting caught up in the in the drama of the whole thing when there isn't necessarily any drama there. you, you as the helper have the ability to make a drama out of something that isn't if you're not careful and uh, that's what that's kind of what I heard you saying exactly and yeah. we
2: touched briefly last time on the the problem where people respond from a place of fear yeah and yeah. actually the key thing that, that I'd say to anyone who might be in this position is is, is engage with that individual communicate completely from a place of no judgment no ownership of fear of oh my god I, they're, they're telling me and if I don't say the right thing they're yeah. going to go on to do it They're a human being talking to you, simply another human being. And let go of fear, let go of judgment. And just have a a conversation with them without feeling you have to do something.
1: Yeah, I think that's very important. Um, Okay, well, we have some questions for you, Johnny. I think, I mean, (laughs) we've spoken about a lot already before we even got there, which is great. I want to throw a little bit of a curveball out as a first question. And that is, and, and in my mind, this comes up, and this uh, is going to get to the, bit, the meat and potatoes as to what's this all about. It, it's something that comes up, I find often, when people unfortunately do commit suicide, um, something you'll hear said is that they were selfish. Mm-hmm. They only thought of themselves. They didn't think about the, the impact it would have on those around them, which clearly there's a very significant impact on those mm-hmm. around them. What, what are your thoughts on that?
2: So, uh, I love the curveball, um, <laughs> my, my well, media by,
1: by the way, let me just make, we haven't said this already, but yeah. Johnny is somebody who has, unfortunately, you know, or, or fortunately, yeah, I was going to exactly, yeah. um, um, attempted suicide in the past and at, you know. at the
2: time it felt horrendous and, and the last thing in the world I'd ever want to be in that place. But looking back and, and we'll talk a bit more about this later, um, I don't don't look back on it and think it was unfortunate I went through that. I look mm-hmm. back and and Michael Neal gave a quote out at one of the conferences a few years ago about looking back at his depression as, as actually realizing it was a gift, albeit a gift he wouldn't want to give his children. In terms of where he's at now, and I see this completely for me, I wouldn't be here had I not lived with those struggles, as painful mm-hmm. as they were, not just for me, but for others around me. Mm. But your question, the selfish side of suicide... Um, so I want to say what's in my heart first off, which is to act on and go through with, with taking one's life can only come about as a result of the immense pain and suffering and confusion that perhaps causes it that that individual is in the idea that they did it or, or they did it to spite or to not care about someone else is completely inappropriate when you look at what it takes for someone and what it feels like for someone to be in that place and therefore please as much if you're listening to this and, and a loved one friend someone you know committed suicide and you felt a tremendous impact on you or you've seen it in, on their children or their family please please stop yourself in the thought of that was selfish mm-hmm. how selfish it was because actually at the heart of it we're all human beings going through experience of life in our mind and mm-hmm. and it reaches places where actually there's no rush to go or it feels this is the thing it felt like It felt like it at the time to that individual that there was nowhere else to go. And the idea of, oh, but didn't they think about X and couldn't they see Y? I often say this, human beings are are satiable beasts. It's all relative. We only have a a level of capacity for the volume of our thoughts at one time that that doesn't allow space for all the other things. And that's part of the human experience until we learn to, to actually see the nature of thought and those thoughts quieten a little bit and there's more space. But in that crisis, in that moment, I wouldn't say it's selfish of anybody. However, however impactful the consequences may have been, it wasn't done as a selfish act.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for that. And I think that's really important. That's why I wanted to bring it up, because I think it's it's a little bit um, insensitive and inhuman almost um, to even go there in my mind. Mm. You're just totally misunderstanding the suffering that a human being was going through. To mm-hmm. think that they had any conscious ability to to consider that. Mm-hmm. To consider the selfishness of their act. And I would say even further, I would say that anybody committing suicide is not stupid. They know that it's going to impact the people around them. They know that it's going to impact their family. They know it's going to impact friends. They know that that they're not ignoring that. It just shows you the level of suffering they must be in to nevertheless go ahead with it, mm-hmm. to go ahead with it in spite of that, that the suffering is so strong and so powerful and so overwhelming and so unbearable mm-hmm. that they're willing to do it in spite of the fact that it's going to cause that that, that, that pain to those around them.
0: No, it's impacting them the most. I mean, to think that it... To think that you know other people to think that it impacts their family and the relatives which is all true but for the person who's going through the pain themselves yeah I and mean, that's the person that's impacting the most
1: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and and you, you you're missing the point if you kind of look at this the selfish aspect of it because it's a minor part mm-hmm. it's a minor point over there what to me is what matters is the suffering of the human being the pain that that person was in the the just confusion the inability to see any future for themselves mm-hmm. Or any future, other than a horrific future, an unbearable future.
2: There's two things that come to mind. That I'd like to just add to that. Yeah. Um, the first one is that, that, please God, let let's imagine a scenario. Where someone's listening to this, and uh, th- it might sound weird, but but they're in a position to help someone who didn't succeed in committing suicide. Um, without naming names and without any resentment, I think back to a couple of people in, in my life who post my, 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 when I was committed to committing suicide uh, and the events that unfolded, um, held it against me. Um, I'm not saying that they were wrong to do so. I'm saying that at that point, they loved me. <laughs> and if, you, if, I, if I look back and, and ask them outside of a state of panic and alarm and concern, what did they want for me? They wanted me to, to somehow, please God, return to life. And yet they're holding it against me at the mm. time mm. made re-engaging with that relationship and somehow finding a path back to life that much harder. So it was um, it was counterproductive, them letting me know that, well, you, you did this. How on earth could you look? You left me in this situation. Um, it didn't mean that that, that that I didn't know that and I didn't own that and i didn't feel more guilt about that than i could even begin to put into words but at that time that that i didn't have the the words the know-how the understanding in myself by a long way to begin to discuss that with that person Mm. so it just made it it just made me own more guilt Not not saying that i shouldn't have felt guilt that's a whole other conversation but it didn't speed up me getting back to a place where i could be of service to the world and and hopefully them as well
0: it wasn't helpful for you and being nursed back to health And for them, therefore. Yeah. Yeah. In turn, right. Sure.
2: You said you want to say two things? Thank you. Um, And it's going, I know you want to ask me about my particular experience. Um, And so I'll reference this later because I won't go into it again. But it's to to, to share something of that experience post-suicide to share the mindset that I was in before it. And we'll go into more detail later, but it's relevant to this part. When I, um, after I did what I did, I um, technically was dead. Um, we'll go into circumstances later, but eventually um, um, came out of a coma um, in the Royal London Hospital um, and sat out of nowhere, having been completely unconscious, and, um, sat bolt upright in bed. Um, and looking back, I had complete consciousness in that instant. I had my my father and two of my sisters by my bedside. And to demonstrate the state of mind that I was in, I said this. And I, if anyone's listened to it, I apologize to this day for the pain and fear and sadness and hurt that I caused. But it, explaining this as a result of exploring the, the, the mind state, the state of mind that someone was in and that I was in, I looked at them. I saw the, the love in them as they looked at me and saw me having responded. i obviously, they been, I don't know how long they'd been there for when I was unconscious, um, a long time, I believe. Um, and I instantly said what may be considered unforgivable. I said, I addressed them. I said, please, please, please know how much I love you. How sorry I am for the fact that that you're seeing what this has come to for me and and that you're seeing me here. Please, please know how much I love you. Please allow me to, to give you a hug right now. And please let me ask you to leave. Because this has taken a long time for me to reconcile the pain it will cause you that the, the fact that it's come to me, to this for me I can't live with this and as I saw it illness anymore I've tried everything I possibly can it's no longer a case of if um, but when and clearly next time it, it will have to be more painful because this hasn't worked yeah but I I was that committed to doing it so going in just just to mention that
1: yeah 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 no i think that's really important i think it's really helpful well well maybe let's let's expand on the story a little bit you know maybe just tell us a little bit your story and, and, and in particular sort of if you could articulate as best you can sort of what what drove you to it you know what what what's what kind of
0: what led to it what led you know yeah
2: um so shaul i'm i'm aware um that I'm never good at telling short stories and yeah. you know me very well. Yeah, I'll
1: try and uh, can um, help you condense. <laughs> so
2: apologies in advance because it's how far do I go back to start it realistically?
1: I I think you spoke last time a little bit if you remember about I think I think you did <laughs> your bipolar diagnosis yeah. and kind of your history with mental mm-hmm. health. So uh, I think we can kind of take it from yeah. there onwards. Exactly.
2: And just say to that 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 I had been living. I was. I just turned thirty-two at this time. This this time was the third time in my life that I attempted suicide. The first two, I had saved myself at the last moment, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, in fact, that's not true. One I'd saved myself, and one actually, my father miraculously intervened without really knowing it. But this time, the third time, I just turned thirty-two. And a phrase that I used before, we'll say again, is I reached a place where as guilty as I almost feel unnecessarily now in saying this, I was completely committed to committing suicide because I could not bear to not just carry on living, but the key thing was I couldn't bear to cause pain to others as a result of the illness that I had struggled with for a long time and could see in my mind only potentially getting worse, seeing the effects that that had, uh, I perceived at the time, had on others, I see it differently now, but that had led to ultimately my, my first wife um, being, uh, <laughs> shall you know the details, taken away from me because of her the the revelation of my mental illness and her family's concern that, how on earth could she be married to me, let alone have a family with me? Me having seen how much I know she loved me. I know that you married us. I, mm-hmm. As much as I'm unbelievably grateful that the second time around, it was even better. I, I never want to deny that, that I had love both ways with, with my first wife. Um, and, and it was as a result of others learning of my illness that, are, that her life, both of our lives, but her life was interrupted. And this is a this may sound like a very arrogant thing to say, please don't hear it that way. I'm saying it because it's heartfelt and it's I lived with this for a long time. I felt such guilt that through having done nothing other than trying to do the right thing but coming into her life and her coming into mine, we'd fallen in love i'd we'd got married as a result of both wanting to share a future. I'd done everything as as i possibly could she knew about my diagnosis she knew about the medication um the joke of it i I married um a legal drug dealer uh, because she was a pharmacist she supplied my (laughs) medications and so she was well aware what she was getting into i i battled this illness doing everything i possibly could that the doctors asked me to do and yet i got we, we, we used the analogy last time about being weighed down. I was try, They were trying to reach a balance by giving me heavier and heavier medication on this side to, 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 to help the illness on this side to balance the side effects. And, um, and I believe, bought into the belief that this would somehow reach life. And yet it didn't. So I couldn't see what I could have done differently uh, majorly to change my life. I fell in love with her and and thank God she fell in love with me. But therefore I saw myself as toxic as I couldn't bear the responsibility. If I were to carry on living, I'd want what human beings want. I'd want to engage with the world and, and, and naturally allow myself to potentially fall in love with someone and potentially be lucky enough that someone might fall in love with me. But if I had this curse, as I perhaps saw it then that I had the potential to be as unwell as I could, I, if I had any sense of responsibility or caring for others, I couldn't allow myself to live and someone to, and I'll use this phrase, God forbid, fall in love with me again. Yeah. And therefore, I couldn't engage with life. So I had to take myself out of it. That's just one part of it. Yeah. But nonetheless, a significant yeah. part. Um, that's
1: very powerful, John. That's really, really uh, kind of paints a, a picture. I understand that. I understand what you're saying. I understand why you would feel that way. But it was really the sense of hopelessness that, that that's who you were and there was nothing you could do about it.
2: Yeah. And it reached throughout every aspect of my life. Yeah. So um, but but that was paramount. But but yeah, I, I was in business. Um, I was dealing with my life through the lens of someone that was living with a mental illness and that was doing the best he could to, to manage that cope with it. Um do the best I could when I was well and be as graceful as I could when I was unwell. Mm -hmm. And, but try as I may, I, I come up against battles if I was unwell and I had to have time off work. Um, that had repercussions and I'd go back to work and I'd try desperately to pay catch up, to use the energy whilst I was well, to, to, to make good anything that, that had gone sour whilst I was off on well and, and keep my staff and employment and, and do the best to play catch up, as I say. Um, but then inevitably, even if it was, was, was months or 18 months, I think it was the biggest spell between episodes. I, I become unwell again. Now I look back on it and see it in a different way now. Um, but that had led to, as Shaul just says, a real sense of hopelessness. How could I? Ha- how could I see a potential future where I wasn't just going to wreak havoc, mm. <laughs> despite my best intentions? Mm. If I, I, it, it, I was I was very ethical in business, but if I was unwell, I inadvertently let some people down. Now I, I had never intended, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not going to go yeah, into of that. Course. But of but I. I, I, the hopelessness you describe, really was rooted in the fact that to try and be a part of—I this is how I felt—to try and be a part of the society that that I so wanted to be a, a meaningful and 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 contributing. contributing thank you. Part of. Um, I ran the risk. I ran the risk of letting others down. And despite only trying to do good, and I should just say, because I know this is a common since working with other people, I know how many good people I work with, who hopefully I I pay a small part in helping them get back to life. But I think of a number of people when I say that have said to me, the reason they've reached this place of real depression in their life is because of things they used to do. They're scared to do again, because they don't want to let people down. Mm-hmm. we we talked about selfish yeah a little
0: while ago yeah. how selfless actually <laughs> yeah. is that feeling because i'm hearing so you many. i would expect you to say like a lot about yourself being in pain but so much of what you're saying what i hear you saying is about you didn't want to put other people's in pain as as a result of, of what you were going through yeah so it wasn't even focused on yourself yeah. It's just so much selflessness it yeah. was, was there any sense though of, of yourself not wanting to be in pain anymore disconnected from well, from the fact of affecting other people's lives
2: oh one one let's let's be clear 100 percent that the pain you're talking about or that i experience that, that that comes to mind when you ask the question my mind was um best summed up by by a phrase um that, that sadly i have to acknowledge it I, I first heard by my father when i was a kid because he described his state of mind and it, it rang true for me throughout my life thank god i don't suffer with it anymore and that's experiencing daggers in the mind that every thought I had painted a darker and darker picture mm-hmm. when I had that, what, what might uh, let's, the, the initial thoughts can be minor. They can be, oh, I know I've got to pay my rent and I know I can't work and mm-hmm. okay, fine. You can't do anything about that just now. So just hold on. But then that would lead to the next one and the next one. And they reached a place by the eventual time when I acted where I couldn't escape the absolute mental torture that I couldn't engage with life. And the n- level of noise, the level of, of agony was overpowering, was overwhelming. And, and the reason why some people, are, uh, when we talk another day about medication, I, I talk about the palliative role rather than the cure, curing role, where, where actually helping someone's mind be silenced, be quietened, is an important factor in that moment. Not trying to fix it, trying to actually quieten the thing because that's what ultimately led to the 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 knowing that I had no alternative other than to act because try as I might, every other angle was open to me at the time that I knew that the services could provide didn't work. And I couldn't bear that, that noise. It, it prevented me engaging with life completely. It led to me being a complete and utter recluse, couldn't shower, couldn't leave the house, couldn't mm. eat. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't bear it.
1: Mm. You know, it's so painful to listen to that because, you know, looking at you today and, and you know, I've been through this process with you, it, it's just incredible to see how well you're doing, you know, <laughs> and how just how comfortable you are with life and how happy you are. And it's just wonderful and, 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 and sad to think that you know had you succeeded you wouldn't have had any of that and and your beautiful children wouldn't be in this world and, and your wife etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's so sad because there's so many people suffering in the way that you are and and feel there's no way out and that that's really painful to consider
2: and that's where the importance of of the work you're doing um, the importance the movement of, of desire to make a difference in the world of, and I I don't want to call it mental health, mental suffering Mm. um, is, is what I am committed to following this, if you like Mm -hmm. the the turning point that eventually came in my life thereafter, which didn't initially give me a a reason to live again, Mm. but a reason to try and make a difference for nine months after it's a separate story. But I, I had to just do something to try and help others that could, God forbid, were going through what I'd been through and, and couldn't reach out.
1: Yeah, um, and it's wonderful the work you do nowadays, Johnny. You know, you help so many people. It's really beautiful to see. Given given your thinking in the past that you were you were a, a, what would you call it a a liability in the world? Let's say that that you were you were doomed to cause suffering to others. It's incredible to see just how much goodness you bring to the lives of others.
2: I have to say, I hope that was how I felt about me rather than others. No, I'm saying how you, yeah, the way you <laughs> yeah, saw it. Exactly. I don't. I, I have to be honest. I, I was. I was a good person. Um, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying. I'm saying that I saw myself as being
1: uh, a liability. Yeah.
2: yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: There was a question in there. I think. Um, no, no, no. That you remind you. You're looking at your piece of paper. You asked yeah. me a question, and I apologize. I uh, took you off tangent.
1: No, no, that's great. No, that was a very full an answer, and it, it was not. Oh, it was not. You would did not kind of wander off, and that was really focused. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Go I'm on. wondering.
0: I'm curious about what others could have done to help you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for people listening who have relatives or friends or people that they know, colleagues that are going through something similar, um, because it,
1: specifically because it sounds like a lot of your kind of those people around you innocently, unfortunately weren't necessarily so helpful for you from what I'm hearing. So what would be helpful? What would have been, what could have been, what, what, what can be.
2: Okay. Wow. Can
1: we, can we devote the rest of the whole session? to?
2: (laughs) I know we can't. Um, So there's a few things in answer to that. Um, I'm going to go through at least three and more if you let me. The first one, this is no particular order, by the way. But the first one that that feels most important is that anyone who was coming into contact with me at the time, how could they have been more helpful? Or more importantly, anyone listening to this who might be coming into contact with with someone in this very dark place. Please, please see past the place that they might appear to be in, the things they may, may be saying at the time. See the distress they're in. That is, if you like, like the clouds in the sky, cover the sun that we all know is there, twenty four seven. Remind yourself of the sun or the spirit that's in them, that might be appear impossible to see. I, I, I know yeah, very, very deep, maybe. Yeah. And and people have fear that oh my god that, that this person's never going to be. They're not. They're not my beautiful daughter that's been this way for all her life. She's a different person. She, I've lost. I've had it said to me. When, when, when working with the child of someone that, that, um, in fact, more than one scenario, that they've already lost their child that is still alive, hasn't committed yeah. suicide, thank yeah. God. So, so the first point is, whoever they are, whoever you are, engage with each other as, as souls, as pure souls that that can experience horrendous suffering, but always, and this is the key thing always and never lose the infinite potential we each and every one of us have from day one to make a real connection and a real contribution to life in whichever way it comes see that and i would say in answering your question a lot of people immediately in my life were trying to solve the immediate problems around me or see or or get me into a place to solve those problems and and it was all about that (laughs) no one could no one stopped well actually no Two people did um, stop to try and encourage me to forget about all of that at the time. And that was very much positive, (laughs) but it was the noise of the the majority that were telling me. And of course, therefore, in my mind, and this is ironic, um, I look back and I thought that the couple of people that, that were trying to tell me other must be crazy, <laughs> crazier than I was at the time, um, because surely they could see that, that I had to solve the actual problems that fight the fires that were raging. Um, so, yeah, first answer is is engage with people seeing their, their, their beautiful soul and spirit beneath any suffering, anything they may be saying. And the second one... Um, Actually, as I said, no particular order, but the second one that comes to mind is consider providing practical help. A lot of us are very quick to to want <laughs> to talk, to want to find a space, great. But you know something, and, and, and this isn't about my story, but I'm going to give a, a quick illustration of something. At the time, I I was perceived as being successful materialistically. Um, but my crisis and my, my lack of... My my the level to which I'd become unwell, I couldn't function in my work and and therefore I'd got behind on relatively relatively small amount of bills may have been a, a, a twenty thousand or something like that. but if I look at what I was actually worth when I was well, yeah. <laughs> that made sense, it was nominal. I'm not saying anyone should have bailed me out. I'm saying that I remember actually screaming out to a family member, Please, I have x amount in the bank. it wasn't a fortune but it was enough to, to kind of pay the rent, pay the mortgage, pay one member of staff for six months, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah? My, sure, it was going to leave me with nothing else, but I knew in my heart that if I could just keep things at pay, give myself that time, I knew as much as they might think, oh, but that's that's all you've got left, and you've got to prepare for a future where you're going to be ill, and you're not going to have any means to ever earn money again. Actually, if when we look at that that, that, that soul, and we know its ability to recover. And we do know that, Shaul. You and I, the work we do, we know that unequivocally. However, however debilitated someone may be, mm-hmm. we know the ability to regain connecting to life yeah. 100%. No and and question. you're a shining example of that. It's not me being an example, it, 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 it's, yeah. it's everyone has yeah. that.
1: But, uh, but you and I know many people who, Thank you. who are examples of that. Yeah. yeah. And
2: therefore, actually, practically, helping them i look back and i'm not going to focus on money but i just remember one of the ironies when i was uh, a while after this um, having had my flat repossessed my business uh, assets taken over etc etc um and 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 technically homeless being suggested i needed to get into benefits and i could could, i needed some support thinking how ridiculous this is i'm staying in a hospital an nhs hospital that's costing three thousand pounds a week probably to the government Mm. um um, being offered potentially a way to to get on a housing list to I have no prospects if someone had helped me <laughs> actually practically for a small amount, I remember coming up with a phrase which was at the time I called it business incubation mm. that actually we can help protect these small entities and and not for them to 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 benefit privately thereafter, mm. but just simply because the the ramifications it 's cheaper, it's cheaper yeah? <laughs> yeah I had five people working for me yeah. who ended up all becoming unemployed, all those costs Mm. that came with it, it would have been, and then I was a drain on the state, some might say, yeah? yeah. Yeah. Um, So so I think that's a separate conversation. But the third one is perhaps the easiest one to do. I speak a lot, I say this as I look at my knee rather than either of your eyes as I'm about to say it, I speak a lot about soul-to-soul communication. And now as I turn to you and, and and we're talking to each other and the microphones aren't here, I know we're talking on a on a deeper level. Each and every one of us has that ability to connect with human beings. I can think of countless experiences I've been privileged enough to, to have and really experience 100% since I kind of woke up, if you like. Um, I remember in my, my darkest few days, weeks, building up to this. I was very, very lonely. I, I had these thoughts in my mind the whole time. And I went into a shop. I wasn't really eating. I went in a shop because I, I needed to get something. And I um, sat down at a table. But I sat down at a table that I walked past. I happened to be a rabbi. Uh, not good, I don't want to name, so I'm not going to say the relationship I had. And it wasn't you. Um, <laughs> but a rabbi that saw me and, and, and did the polite thing of saying hello my heart was screaming out for this person to get an inkling that that i was suffering and i remember being so profoundly aware that it was a and forgive me we're all guilty of this i try to consciously remind myself to stop myself every single day we're all guilty of living in the rat race where we have moments mm-hmm. and yet every exchange we have whether not it's with the the, the cashier at the petrol station or whoever if we actually stop to, to look in their eyes and, and actually have a meaningful exchange where we can see, and this might sound sound, we can see tears when they well up, yeah. we can see souls when they cry out and the pupils really open uh, dilate because of the excitement of there's a possibility for connection. Yeah. yeah? And if we allow ourselves a time to connect with people, that rabbi could have intervened. Mm. And mm. that would have, because he could have connected with me instead of being yet another person who, despite the fact he was polite, he was nice, he was completely wasn't interested mm. <laughs> or, or made me feel that way. Yeah,
1: he was busy. Yeah. Busy with his own life and yeah. wasn't, wasn't able to sort of step into yours.
2: And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But before we move on from that very point that you've just said, busy with their own lives, What what's the biggest blessing that each and every one of us have? And that is we have the present moment. Whatever we have that we think we should be doing, the number of people we encounter on a day-to-day basis, even when we're just on the train, people think I'm crazy because I talk to strangers. <laughs> and yet it's the greatest blessing I've had in my life as I look back and think of the number of meaningful conversations i got into in the most random way possible. And that's because connecting, in my mind, is the biggest gift we can give each other. And it's one of the most powerful means of a a soul level connection leads to soul level healing for me
1: you know you remind me of a a, i I once saw the documentary i don't know if you've seen it called the bridge yep yeah it's about about suicide unfortunately on the golden gate bridge and um the, the one of the guy the well one of they videoed people committing suicide unfortunately but one of the guys um survived and they interviewed him afterwards and he tells the story that he was walking up and down the Golden Gate Bridge for about two hours, you know deciding whether to jump or not and 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 as you say, we have a sensitivity to people, you know you can know that this guy's suffering he can't couldn't couldn't not see that anybody who walked past him or anybody who who noticed him um the, the most probably the most notorious suicide spot in the world. <laughs> this guy's walking up and down for two hours. he says not a single person said a word to him, not a single word until. Some tourists came up to him, and they said, "Excuse me," and he was like, "Oh finally, they said, "Um could you take a picture of us please?" <laughs> and he said that was it he said that's kind of that that he that met that made him make the decision you know mm-hmm. it, if one if, if that if those tourists had come to him and said, "Excuse me, are you doing okay? you know you seem like you seem like you're having a hard time, that would have stopped him that would have that would have made all the difference They didn't need to have any any understanding of how to talk to somebody in that situation or what to say, what's the right thing to say is what you say. It's just the, just the humanness. Just if someone has seen him as a human being and connected on that level, that is so helpful for people.
0: It's amazing because we assume you, that you need massive intervention, big plans. Yeah. big Yeah, you know, Something to. Right. Like it's just another human being opening up conversation, just that's checking right. in. Hey, are you okay? Yeah. What's going on? Is yeah, everything? exactly.
1: Just, just, Respecting you mm. as a soul, recognizing you as a soul, and and in doing so, helping you maybe to respect yourself in that way as well and see yourself mm. in that way. Yeah, mm. Mm. those
2: moments when we engage with others, and
1: let's be fair, the the tourists, nothing wrong with them stopping
2: someone and saying, "Could you take a picture?" Yeah, of course. But perhaps what they could have also done is is engage them as as a human being, seeing the person, and said, "Hey, you know, thank you very much." And given that 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 kindness, that would have perhaps given a warmth back and actually engaged in a conversation that you you, the opportunity to to open a connection yes exactly. rather than just what can i get from that person what can that person do for
0: me just now and then i'll move on with my business yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the time the nature of people in a a dark place is not to reach out i mean i can speak for myself i've gone through you know at times going through you know difficult times and dark times in my mind but and the nature of being in a dark place is that you don't you don't want to reach out. You don't feel the hope to reach out. And just for someone else to really engage and open up the conversation, kind of break the ice and reach out to the other side and kind of pull you through a bit, is makes all the difference. It that makes that makes a massive difference. Yeah.
1: But you know what I love, Johnny, about this, what you're saying, Kieran? It's something that we were talking about earlier before we started, and, and perhaps you'll say more about it, is that it's almost like a genderless you know, mm. and and the more the agen- the more agenda you have, the less you're going to really do this in a certain way. So, if I've got an agenda, look, oh, this guy's on the Golden Gate Bridge walking up and down, maybe he's going to commit suicide. Let me try and stop him. That's not human anymore. Hmm. That's you with your agenda. Yeah, you know, trying to trying to trying to accomplish and achieve something. Mm-hmm. You've forgotten about the person almost. Funny as it sounds, but but you've come to sort of an intellectual agenda that you have to stop people committing suicide if that's what they're going to do, as opposed to being touched by the human being Mm. and and then the details become irrelevant and what matters is you being there in the moment with that person that's what's really helpful for him Mm. god you want to say a bit more about that johnny because we were talking about this earlier you Mm. know you felt that was very something very important yeah
2: um and and and, wow I, i cringe at myself as i do this but but the power of it that came to me then, I feel might, might connect with someone now, so I'm going to say it, and forgive me for asking you to indulge me momentarily, but you talked last time, we explored briefly that, that period of seven months or so when I was used to be going through a period of psychosis, um, and I did something that many do in those states of mind. I had lots of creative thoughts, and I started writing and probably wrote a lot of crazy stuff in the eyes of some people, but as I said last time, there were a number of babies with that bathwater. And one of them feels relevant to share right now because I, I didn't know what to do then. I I, I knew it was a others were, were scared and and I couldn't alleviate that scare that that fear. And this this these words came to me. Um, Focus on the direction of travel. Don't fixate on the destination. What I mean by that and, and why it's relevant to the question that Charles was asked and and a genderless conversation or a genderless living, if you like, is. What what if I fixated on the destination, that would be what the outcome is. Yeah. And so many of us are encouraged to be kind of focused on what's the outcome. What are we trying to get to? Actually, the magic of life in my mind, that the beautiful things happen whilst we're walking in a positive direction and allowing life to walk with us, if Mm. you like. John Lennon famously said, Life is what happens. Whilst you're busy making other plans, exactly.
1: Just mm-hmm. thinking that, as you're saying,
2: the, the 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 direction of travel for each and every one of us, when it really boils down to it, is is to to be the best we can be, to to do the best we can for our, for, for, for our contribution. And if we're truthful, the, 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 the truer that is to our essence, the more successful it is, both for everyone else and for us as a, mm. a in turn. Mm if we don't try and define how that must look and what that actually must mean we do and we allow ourselves to walk towards that and and do the trainings, do the things and explore the opportunities without fixating that this is the one that's going to lead to the success. So in the conversation with, with, with with someone, what's the direction of travel? The direction of travel is, is helping them see the goodness of their essence. The, The, the people Oh, I hope I'm not too much of an illustration. I like to talk. People like to share. So allowing someone to share with you and, and, and genuinely being interested rather than just, oh, yeah, I can say this to that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Hearing, hearing them, hearing perhaps an unmet need or a thing that they're trying to communicate at a deeper level and let that conversation unravel rather than thinking okay this is this is all well and good but right right now you're doing x y and z and i can see you there with that um with with hanging off the edge of that we need to get you off that yeah when a connection is is formed trust comes Mm. along with it Mm. ultimately what's the other part the direction of travel is it's helping that feel person feel at ease and and taking the pressure off the whatever they're feeling in that moment however intense however Definite, it is the need to do this. I've got to act on this. It's opening up the possibility that actually we don't have to do it now. We can always come back to it. Yeah, you're not trying to convince that person in in that moment. Suicide is wrong. Forget it. Move on. You're saying, okay, I hear that. I hear how powerful that 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 decision is. Yeah, but okay, let's take a step back and, and see if it's as powerful tomorrow. Or in the meantime, if you're going to do that anyway well let's okay it doesn't make a difference if you can do it anyway if you if you do it in 10 minutes and we go and sit down on the the grass over there and we we just you just tell me a little bit more about you first mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. allow them to come out of themselves uh, but don't dismiss the fact that that it will for quite a while after it will probably be very real and, and and their intent i lived for nine months following my 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 my, my, the, my final suicide if you like absolutely committed to the statement i said earlier it's not a question of if it's merely when until something finally changed and i could see the natural, the grassroots of a desire to actually want to live emerging does that
0: make sense yeah
1: absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely how are we doing on time here Levy?
0: uh we're going uh one hour Wow. Oh, a bit less than one hour because we started recording a bit earlier. But.
1: I because I, I, I the reason I'm saying that is because I feel like well it's quite full over here, you know? I feel mm. like we've got a lot in there. I mean, there, there were other avenues we wanted to explore, but I'd, I'd rather um, um, you know keep less it is compact. More. Yeah, less yeah. is more exactly. Yeah, more to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Rather than sort of, there's, there's so much more to be said about suicide, but yeah. but you know, I, I guess I, I would my my take home from this personally. What, what I'm hearing said over here and what I think is really important in a certain way, funnily enough, what I'm hearing from you, Johnny is that in a certain way, I'm not saying this is the absolute, the less training you've had, the better hmm. because um, training is about how to, well, you need to tick off the boxes, you know, do hmm. this, talk to the person about that <laughs> yeah. and then have this conversation and try and tell them that and try and show them this. You're saying that's not what's really helpful. That's just an agenda. That's just, that's just, it's almost inhuman. Hmm. You know, albeit with your humanness because your desire to help. That's the humanness. Mm. But then the details don't come out in that way. Mm. What you're saying is, and this makes a lot of sense to me, this really resonates with me, is that the best way you help somebody, not just somebody who's looking to commit suicide, someone who's struggling, someone who's suffering in any way in their life, is just by being there with them. That's Mm. all. Sit there, hold their hand. Just be human with them. Be in the moment with them. And, and, and what what occurs to you is what will be what will be right for to, to say you know what what comes to you in that moment if, if you're in that moment with them is what's going to be helpful for them and if it's nothing it's nothing as well you don't say anything that isn't necessarily anything to be said yeah. it's the connection that matters not the details mm-hmm. and i think that's very that's so important i really think that's so important
2: and in this day and age particularly to be able to do that we have to Pay less attention to the things that we think are so important in our own lives, and the obligations that we might be thinking. Oh, but but I can't really be here to be present. You yeah. have to be prepared to yeah. be present.
1: That's right. With and with no uh, with no time frame around. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You can't say I, I got fifteen minutes for this guy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Let's see how much we can get done in that in that period. If you yeah. want to help people, you you can't be bound by time. I mean that within within reason, you know. But you just can't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you can keep the conversation open. Even if, if there's something practically that, that, okay, you've pushed it a little bit later and you do have to, well, you, you keep the connection. You don't just consider this a stranger. Trust people. Share your number. You know what? They're not going to get to the point where they're calling you 24-7 and there is a stranger. And if that comes to it, you can, is it so much to ask that perhaps we have to take a little bit of time out of our own lives to to, to help that person and maybe help connect them with someone who has more time to give them some help? Yeah. But, but. To be to really connect, you've got to be prepared to to give yeah. a view. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, do yeah. you have anything you want to add? No, to no add I think that's word? that's yeah. a lot to think about. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's great. Thank you so much. Johnny. Thanks so much, Johnny, and for coming on again. And, and we're looking forward to seeing you again because yeah. we've still got <laughs> yeah. a few um, <laughs> a couple and, more topics. and and and, and, dealt, and resolved issues. So we'll, we'll we'll see you again. Look forward to it, and it's always a pleasure.
2: Pleasure talking Thanks, with Johnny. both of
1: you. Yeah, thank, thank you.
0: you. Hi there, listener. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Better Call Shell. Look out for our upcoming episodes. We'll be talking about topics like homelessness and Jewish gender equality. Look out for new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of your favorite listening platforms. And you can follow us, Tekin London, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, plus our website, teekin.co.uk, for more great content. If you like this episode, share it or tell a friend. Let us know what you think send an email to levi, L-E-V-I, at tikkun.co.uk. Hey, we might even discuss it on another episode. Thanks again for listening.